On today's show, joining us is Sky Conway, executive producer, writer, and he is the CEO of Atomic Network and Atomic Brain Studios. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Oscar? Awesome, Owen. Thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. No problem, man. No problem. And you've got some. Well, you've done a lot of cool stuff in the sci-fi ecosphere, including a new project mm-hmm. that you've got. I believe it's called Cosmos. Can you tell us a little about that and what that's all about? Sure. Sure, of course. Uh, it's a pet project I actually started a, a long time ago, and the sort of the genesis behind it was that um, growing up, I, my favorite shows were the anthology ones. Actually, I love Twilight Zone, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Outer Limits. But they never really lasted that long on the air. Twilight Zone was probably the longest. And I and I had did a breakdown as I started breaking into the industry. Uh, what? Why did my favorite shows? Why could they not become franchises? You know, being as iconic Twilight Zone was. And my what I deduced was that in order for television to be successful, like Cheers went on for ten seasons, Mash was on for eleven, was you need ongoing characters with ongoing story arcs that people want to tune in every episode, you know, week after week to see what happens to their favorite characters. And that doesn't happen in those anthology series. I thought, how can I solve this? Is there any way to do it? And then it kind of hit me at the same time. My favorite part of Star Wars, I think for a lot of us, is the cantina scene. So I thought, oh my God, what a great backdrop that you could do a TV series on that. So I thought, how can I mash those two up and solve the problem so I came up with it, which is you can have your ongoing characters, the characters in a space bar, and what do you do when you're in a bar? Why well, you tell a story. So it, it literally just it literally just answered itself how to solve the problem. You begin in the bar opening with your ongoing characters. In this case, we have Cosmos, who's multi-technical alien who owns the bar. We have a human, who's sort of the butt, he's the butt of all the jokes, uh, and other human characters, other wild aliens in it. And you're going to watch that, and then we go into basically telling a story. Aliens are usually telling stories about the first time they encounter humans, and what a, kind of we're sort of the humans are the, the joke, the uh, the joke, uh, uh, the butt of all jokes in the galaxy. And so they're telling these stories usually to to Drake Bell's character um, from uh, Drake and Josh, and. And uh, and and because my favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone were usually the ones where humans always got sort of the short end of the stick from the aliens, and so I really kind of wanted to bring the, that kind of motif into it uh, as we told the stories. And there's so many great science fiction short stories that will never make it to films or TV. So this is a way to actually tell those stories in the space bar. First person I hired was uh, Ralph McQuarrie. Uh, who right. was the first guy that George Lucas hired to do the art concept. And, of course, he designed the cantina uh, in Star Wars. So he did the, the bar design, the aliens for me. Then I brought in Kevin Anderson, who was the best-selling science fiction author. We kind of kind of worked on the, the actual story concept for the pilot together. And then eventually I raised the money and brought in Stephen First, a dear friend, to be my director in film. And he brought so much great uh, so much greatness to it, not only in the way he filmed, but the humor and the way that he was able to capture, I think, the essence of all the characters. Because at the end of the day, Cosmos is, is a comedy as well. So and I think if, I think uh, once we get this finished, we raise, raise the balance of the funds we're looking for from our crowdfund, that this is really going to hit, I think, the right chord 
uh, with fans of all ages, both young and, uh, you know, like myself, an older science fiction fan that, that grew up watching Star Trek and the Twilight Zone. Wow, that's awesome, man. It's, it sounds like it should be a ton of fun. For people to find out about that, you have a Kickstarter, I believe, and I have a question after that. Sure. Yes, we do have a Kickstarter. So if, if people want to check that out, they can just go into Kickstarter, search out Cosmos, and that's spelled C-O-Z-M-O-S, and, uh, and I hope they can uh, help us finish it up. We have about a little less than two weeks to go. Very cool. And you guys, you said Ralph McCord did the uh, with the artwork for it. Did he do any? Did he use anything that he may have had left over from Star Wars or anything like that, perhaps, but, uh, for the filming for your project? Or? Hi, did you bulk in my mail with me? He actually did. <laughs> we hit it off. We had, a, we had a great time. He said he had a, he had a lot of fun uh, working on the Cosmos project, and it was actually his last job that he took. Oh. And so when I went to pick up the artwork from him. He lived up in northern uh, Northern California. He said, I want to give you some designs that I did for Star Wars and some aliens that I never actually gave over to George. And you can use them or not use them in Cosmos. But he was happy to wow. give them to me. I mean, that was That's quite awesome. an honor. <laughs> quite an that honor to receive awesome. that from him. And they're very cool. One is like a bouncer, and he looks like a kind of like a, an alligator. And then, uh, and which, and then another character that was kind of like a, 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 I don't know, like a ragamuffin that went, ran around the bar cleaning, cleaning up the bar to like an elephant nose. And so we actually call that character Mufa, and it's actually in Cosmos. And then oh, wow. some, some other aliens in the future for our future episode. I hope to incorporate. That's wow, that's totally awesome. Now you got to mm-hmm. your show Cosmos to take place at a bar which a lot of people don't know this, but the bar is actually one of the first social, uh, basically social media before it actually was on the Internet. And uh, you, you, in your youth, I believe, had met Mr. Gene Roddenberry, and he had, and you had had a discussion with him about the Internet and uh, uh, talked about technology. And, uh, and that was also you're into, believe, cryptocurrency. What do you think, if Gene were alive today, what do you think he would think of all this digital, you know, technological advancement since he, since he passed away? Including cryptocurrency. He would, he would be, first off, he would be just blown away by the advances in technology in all areas. He was, he was quite the futurist. Read science fiction as a kid, loved it, adored it, loved Asimov, Heinlein, Clark. He was good friends with Clark and, and others. And so he always had the dream of doing uh, a science fiction series once he got into writing and doing a television shows. But he really adored reading and studying the future and future technology. Star Trek The Motion Picture literally was about that, how he believed we would merge with our technology and that we would transcend our bodies and, right. and, and, and be essentially immortal. And he believed that, that, that mankind, men, humans could one day be kind of God. Uh, and the consequences merged. Absolutely. So I did, I was actually fortunate enough, I would spend usually about once a week uh, with Gene at his house. I'd come in, mm-hmm. and we'd talk sometimes for a couple hours if he was feeling well. If he wasn't, you know, sometimes 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, we'd talk about, most topics were always revolved, though, around either Star Trek, writing television series, or technology, and the love of that. He, he would have been completely fascinated by crypto, because I think he envisioned a world 
where if you could do away with money, you could do that. But it, on, the, on the one hand, it was very realistic that you needed a medium of exchange. And he would have certainly been uh, a forerunner of, of trying to push people uh, using a digital currency because that way it transcends any country. And when you, we go out and we explore space, you can use crypto. You don't have to rely right. on any government, uh, any, any government fiat money. But he would have, he would have loved it. That's why it's awesome, man. And he's like a futurist and all that. And you know, you got like like physical fiat currency. I mean, I was always thinking like it's energy based. It's kind of got an esoteric thing to it. Um, when you when you separate the controlling features of like a government or something into the crypto is a digital verse, which also gets yep. to like we talked about before the metaverse and you know and beyond that. That that's the fascinating stuff, man. But, uh, really? Yeah, oh, he would, he would, he would have tripped, he would have tripped out on crypto. He would have loved it. <laughs> oh, that, that was a famous quote from, uh, I believe it was Jonathan Frakes. In the future, there will, there will be no greed and all the children will know how to read. And of course, Patrick Stewart's favorite quote, I believe, was from Star Trek 8, you know, in the 24th century, those are the money, at least by, like the one we have now. But, uh, right. Atomic, Atomic Network and Atomic Brain Studios, can you talk a little bit about that? Now you've got some other, things like the crypto series. I believe you've done Star Trek Renegades as well and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. I do. Well, we have a, a movie now. I've written it, and we're we're going through the process of raising the funds. It's called Crypto. It is about, the, about Satoshi Nakamoto, the genius pseudonym who created Bitcoin, which led to blockchain and all the all, uh, cryptos. And right. it's an exciting intellectual journey. Uh, and, and also shows the promise of, of that technology. Uh, it's, wow. a, it's a really, it's actually a surprising story. It's heartwarming. We go all the way back to the early days of the 1990s and what's called the cypherpunks who pursued right. protecting our privacy in this digital age in the internet, um, as well as digital currencies. So they, it, it's, it's, a, and it, it's not, so deep in technology that it would be, you know, you get drowned in it. We try. I try to make it very, uh, very entertaining, uh, but at the same time, you're going to learn about why why Bitcoin is so uh, important, why crypto and cryptocurrencies and protecting our our privacy and our freedoms are so important. Uh, other sh- other projects we have going on: float, Floaters, which is 13 episode uh, short series. Uh, it's been released. You can find that on, on um, AtomicNetwork.tv. We're going to be doing a lot of non-fiction short series, kind of a la like Discovery, but a lot but really shorter and a lot more entertaining, uh, like uh, Where's My Jetpack? Uh, Tim Russ from Star Trek Voyager will host that. We have many, many uh, in, in development right now. Um, even talked about doing a movie about Michelle Nichols' life called Breaking Barriers, and that's just a little tease. So you have to oh, wow. uh, cool. check in in a couple of months on that before we can make any announcements on it, but we're, we're working there right now. Wow, that'd be awesome, man. I just have a quick question. You need a lot of stuff with crypto and your crypto show. What do you think of this quantum computer theory about, like, in, like, 2025 and, and all that jazz? You're saying it doesn't make crypto vulnerable? Yeah, yeah. What 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 are your thoughts on all that? I'm curious because you're in the crypto, so that's always fascinating. Well, I think when we can actually quantum computing, 
uh, right. is ubiquitous. Uh, we can have it. We won't even really have phones by the time that happens. You won't need them. Uh, I think it'll be a challenge for crypto. Uh, crypto will have to sort of take it to the next level because if you can process uh, what what we believe in theory we can do with quantum computing, you might be able to actually uh, hack in to uh, in, in into cryptos. So uh, and find and find those match and find the matching keys. So, but maybe not. I, that part I don't. I'm not. I'm a. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a. I love technology, but I'm not a techie. If you know what I mean. So actually, uh, I'm an attorney by by my background. So, but I self-taught on all the technology and on the crypto end. I do have a lot of experts that help me work with me on that end. And I have the discussions about quantum, and that's and the jury's out on it because we won't know until we get there. But it's something right. to actually. That it's actually a very interesting point that you bring up. I find that very fascinating. Yeah, it's good stuff. So for people wrapping up to find out more about your uh, atomic network and your projects and all the stuff you're doing with uh, the Cosmos and all that, well, you have some links to give out to all the listeners? Sure, really simple. They can just go to atomicnetwork.tv and they can see all the shows that we have up and everything that we have in development. And if they wanted to go straight to Kickstarter, just put in Cosmos with a Z, so C-O-Z-M-O-S. And I hope you can help us on it. I think everyone's going to really get quite a kick out of this. I really think it could be a, a, a kind of a cult favorite. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to get this released. That would be very cool, man. I, I look forward to seeing it as well. Mr. Sky, it's been a pleasure talking with you tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Owen. Real pleasure. I hope we can do it again. Yes, sir. And this is Owen with SciFiction.com signing off.